listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast, the new brand of AM radio. You like that, adi- you like that addition? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I w- I'm, a- I'm awake. I'm awake. I'm awake. It is a beautiful Sunday, sunny afternoon here. It's like 80-something outside of Seattle. Um, Joe, are you dehydrated today after all that vinegar in- and salt intake yesterday? Is that what it is? I am, I do feel a little dehydrated. I didn't really know if that was what it was from, but I guess probably is. Any There's true, a lot of drinking involved too. So. Any true pickle smooch, I mean, uh, pickle lover is going to uh, <laughs> definitely have some of the dehydration the next day. Should have wore um, should have wore my pickle shirt, but uh, I have a different shirt on today to represent to another topic we're going to talk about mm-hmm. later. Was the pickle shirt not ironed? <laughs> I actually did iron it before yesterday. It gets wrinkled very easy. It's like one of those. Uh, cotton ones that is like, it a t-shirt yes yeah, t-shirt and you i and you iron t-shirts what what it's got wrinkles in it you iron wrinkles you don't it doesn't matter what it is you iron the wrinkles out <laughs> <laughs> matt's making a face for those that don't have the video <laughs> yes uh hello to all of our um uh channel subscribers on youtube live thanks for joining us and thanks for being here with us uh this is episode 80 uh, 96 of the ants podcast we are quickly approaching the centennial mark yes uh, yeah um, Which I think we've thrown around some ideas about what we want to do for it, right? Uh, maybe a little uh, little look back. A little retrospective, perhaps. A little Ants Live 25, where actually it's 28, and maybe one of the tracks is wrong. I, I don't know. <laughs> wow, harsh. <laughs> yeah. It's better than it being less than 25. Then you might be a little bit upset. I'm feeling a lot a has happened harsh. over 100 episodes. I'm feeling a little harsh today. Not not too grouchy, but but... Uh, we'll see. After last episode, I, I came out of it very optimistic. and uh, I loved you on the last episode. The, caution, was... the cautiously optimistic, the cautiously part, I think, has proven out. I guess we'll get there. But uh, we have had, what, four shows since the last um, the last podcast this week. We had, uh, we had Jones Beach, which is always under threat of weather, it seems like, um, every year. Uh, Holmdale, New Jersey. Um, Raleigh, which was the um, serious, the third out of four uh, July Friday night concerts uh, live streamed and Virginia Beach, which was just last night. Um, and we will get to all of that. Uh, but first, we wanted to bring up, like Joe alluded to, the sad part of, uh, of the episode, the, the, the post-mortem here. Joe, what are you, what are you sad about? Oh, I can't even talk about it's it. It's bad. It's bad. But um, yes, we need, to, we need to remember a lost friend or a friend we're about to lose, and that is... Mono Loco. For those that don't know, Mono Loco is the best little Mexican restaurant right off of the Charlottesville, Virginia uh, walking mall that we have held a number of ants parties at and uh, other gatherings and, and dinners. Um, sadly announced this week that they will be shutting the doors and um, sucks. Sucks to see a place like that go. It's had so many good memories. Yep. The, absolutely the best guacamole I've ever had in my life, period. That's been said before, but let, let it be said again. Yeah. So, I, you know, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Well, you know, um, our, our friend Michael, who um, basically de facto owned, ran, um, just managed the place, and just an incredible chef on his own right, he's gone on to move on to different things, but that was a while ago, right? That he moved on? Yeah. Um, yeah six months? Six months, maybe a year. Not, um, not, not too long, but yeah. 
a little bit of time. Yeah. So not sure if not sure if it strictly is tied with that, but it comes up so closely after he moved on where they probably figured they'd give it a shot without him running it, and it just wasn't. It wasn't the same. It wasn't. It wasn't loco enough. Yes. I, I mean, he had been there forever. There's a couple people yeah. um, that we've worked with there that had been there for a long, long time. So sad to see yeah. um, the place close and hopefully they can bounce back and find some find some new gigs here quickly. Absolutely. Um, uh, Alicia, uh, just to name one, just yeah. have been so instrumental in making those ants parties happen. I remember what was the first party? Was it oh um, six or oh nine? I was trying to look that up. I was, I was I'm terrible at remembering remembering that. So they've played the big one ge- was 09. There. That's what I thought. It was because the first big party we did was 08 in West Palm Beach. Yep. That's yep. why. And so, I remember we had been there first and didn't yes. do the party the first time. We kind of the three uh, admins were there and and uh kind of uh did the town together and then we made it a much bigger thing the next time we were there. But yeah, they were there in 06, 09. 10 12 and then for the for that um for that special part uh special concert in 16 so or no that was the special concert was at uh that was 16 uh, uh yeah it was at dmb 25 right yes that's correct yeah, yeah. so and so we did parties what years then nine nine and uh 16 right i don't think we had big parties uh Outside of nine and sixteen at Monoloco. Can't remember. Why not? Why didn't we? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um it's across the country for me and I don't know. Logistically, it's it was it's expensive. It takes a lot of time. I mean it takes a lot of time. Yeah, yeah it's hard to pull together. Um I was excited when we did it for sixteen because that was also the uh the launching of the DNB hub app. That we, was a that launch was- party. That was a launch party for the for the app, so that was pretty cool. So we did that at Monoloco. Which is yeah, I, mean, I mean it's not gonna say side note, which is rocking right now. I mean, development wise, I'm on fire with it. We're adding stuff all the time and people seem to be really loving it and the traffic in it is way up and people are using the crap out of it and and uh, it's been fun to develop. We'll we'll talk more about that later, but back to back to Monoloco for sure. Yeah, I mean I'm rocking my Monoloco shirt, which yep. is now gonna be vintage, I guess, yep. which is sad. But I sometimes wear these to shows or at least tailgating. Like to rock some represent Monoloco. Sometimes you see one too. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you remember how we how we got tied in with Monoloco back in the day, um, but I think we were working with management, right. and you know, you know, obviously a lot of management is local in Charlottesville, and there we were kind of wondering, hey, what kind of places you know DMB adjacent? Right, we we weren't going to be doing this at Miller's. If you've never been to Miller's, Miller's is super small. Yeah. Um, not really, not really made to be able to hold a large amount of people, and um, you know, Corin, um, band's lead manager, um, owns a lot of restaurants in downtown Charlottesville. So we looked at a couple different ones related to that. Ended up, you know, some some people were friends with Michael, connected us up with Michael, and um, you know, we 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 kicked it off from there. I think I remember one of the years that we were in Charlottesville and, and got to listen to. What album did we get to listen to early in Charlottesville? Do you remember? Oh, um, that was Big Whiskey. That that was Big Whiskey. What year? So that would have been that what was year? 09. Okay, so that was right before. Yep. That was before. Yep. Before other party. I know we had done some dinners at uh, Monoloco, even outside the parties. It's a great place. Sad, sad, sad to uh, see it go. It won't be 
just because Monoloco is gone, if we decide to hold another party in Charlottesville, which, you know, let's cross our fingers, we have the opportunity to do, um, we will definitely find a new place, new place to do it at. Most definitely. Yeah. And they, um, so they, they hooked us up with Michael. And so the, the budget for food was, was small. I mean, there's not like there's a lot of money floating around. So we pitched in what we could and, and said, okay, would this amount be okay? And it was a small amount. And, and, Oh, I remember this. Yes. We're not talking about chips and salsa that was coming out. They were bringing <laughs> out empanada. They were bringing out like appetizer quality food. Just just bin after bin after bin. They just kept it going. And we had that night, I uh, we did a, a sign-in for the party on yeah. uh, on Ants. Um, and I still have that database, which is great. And if I look up the sign-in here, the sign-in here is... Um, there's 527 ants who signed in. Nice. And there is a number of plus one, plus two, plus three guests. So, I mean, at any given point of the night, we had over 700 people in this place. It's, I don't know, what the, whatever the capacity is, it's not that. No. The fire marshal came by late night and basically was throwing all kinds of shade to try to shut it down. Um, yeah, it was... Because there's a line. Party. There was a line out that, that line was down the block. going into the street. Down I think that was complicating things. Yep. Yep. So um, it was just so much fun. What I liked about that party was cool is um, we had it after night. Was it night one? Of mm, a two-night sure. stand. And what was cool is that we had it after the concert. So by that time, the restaurant was – dinner service was over. And so the restaurant was able to basically clear out, reset, and they knew when the show was over and they knew when we'd be coming. And so we got out of there like a couple songs early. I think we bailed out, took a took a, 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 a wahoopty, which I don't hoopty. think are, they're not in business anymore, but we took a wahoopty, which uh, if you're not familiar, not from the Seaville area, they were these old vintage cars that were all dollied up and brought back into service, and they were kind of like private taxis. <laughs> well, they're like they're like old limousines, and some of yeah. them too. Yeah. So we we took the wahoopty back, and um, and that way we were able to get ahead by about twenty minutes. Everybody coming over, and you know, for our first part, our first like super organized party, and uh, that many people, we did okay. Uh, <laughs> Hugely successful. Yeah, it was cool that we had the check-in. I mean, we haven't, we didn't really ever do that before. And the main reason I think we did it, we wanted to, you know, recognize people that were there. But we also had a ton of prizes to give away. Um, That's right. We had tons and tons of prizes. We had to figure out how do we do that. So we just had like this laptop, old laptop, sitting up on the bar at Monoloco, and you had to know about. It. I think maybe we advertised or something, but. You know, that's just the people that found the laptop and typed in their username and clicked check in, you know, and I don't even know that everybody did that. So, um, you know, and we haven't really did. We never really did that since, which is a shame because it's cool to really know mm-hmm. um, who's been there, who went, who's who's uh, who's gone to one of the parties. Um, probably worth worth the, the trouble. It's a little bit of effort to pull that off, but it's probably worth it in the long run to uh, to have a sign in sheet at some of our parties. Yeah, it was. Uh, I believe we spent the next day before the show. Uh, when they signed in, they had to um, provide their phone number, their cell phone number. And so the next day, we did the drawing essentially because that night it was just chaos. We couldn't, we couldn't give anything away that night. Uh, the next day, we did the drawing, and then we basically compiled a list of all the prizes people won and their phone numbers, and we went to work chasing them down, leaving voicemails. And we ended up, I think, later that day before the show at Buffalo Wild Wings. Or was it? Yep. 
even the day after the second show, I think, also, right? Mainly was they, I think, bef- the day of before the second show. Okay. Uh, during the day, we just kind of hung out and drank and ate and just said, hey, show up at BW3 is your prize winner. Come during these couple hours. Yep. Yep. We had. It was cool to meet people. That was Some fun. of the people you didn't really get to sp- time to spend with at the party just because there were so many people. So it was cool to get some one-on-one time with some some other additional people. Yeah. So it's uh, it's a uh, it's bittersweet. Uh, it's nice to think about and reminisce about that that party and all of our other times that at, at Monoloco. Uh, awesome, but uh, sad that we're talking about it because uh, the end is nigh on that place. Yeah. It's a bummer. It's too bad. Yeah. We'll live live in good memory. And I'm gonna pour one out. Oh. For, uh, for 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 Ember, for Mono Loco, maybe pour one in my mouth, one of the two. And I have two here. Can I can I can I ask you for which one I should have? I'd love to offer that opinion. Okay, here's what I got. You ready? Yeah. I got two Rheingeist Brewing Company. Cincinnati beer, huh? Yeah, very popular around here. Gets good turnout. So they're both IPAs. So that's not going to help you with no, the size. There's, there's um. Description on the back, but I'm not going to go into it. One six percent, the one that's called Streaker, and uh, with 60 IBU, and the truth is 7.2 percent alcohol with 75 IBU. So that well, gives you a little bit of one. Idea. I would say get their contact information because DMB Hub's Gone Streaking Badge might have a claim on the Streaker can. It's called it's called Streaker, oh, which means oh, they're yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. stealing from us. Clearly, um, I'm saying go with the truth because uh, bigger is better. I like in, it. In Texas so. and Cincinnati. <laughs> and in, no, I was going to say something inappropriate, but we'll just drink. We'll Crack drink that thing. Cheers. There you go. Cheers, buddy. To, to Monoloco. To Monoloco. Yes. Anyway, uh, well, I guess we'll go back to uh, these four shows. So um, the first show after SPAC, and I think this is one that really, you know, what is coming? Because they just came off... Um, a pretty solid two-night stand. Um, they were really seeming to get into the the spirit of breaking out um, debuts. But uh, that had been going on for, you know, a week and a half or so prior to that. So we were, okay, maybe we're, we're getting a pattern here where this tour's kind of turned on us here. We've got it. We've turned a corner. So Jones Beach comes around, and, um, of course, there's a major storm before the show. So I guess there was a question of whether or not even they would go on that night, and we're thinking maybe Jeffy Lube live all over again. <laughs> yeah, I think it was timed right to come to their story. I think it came a little bit earlier, so they had enough time to to be prepared for when it come. But it was a nasty looking storm, um, all red. So yeah, they were able to uh, pull it off, um, even with all that rain. And I, I'm wondering if it affected the show because the opener of the show, in fact, the set list, because the opener ended up being JTR. And did did Dave, you know, factor the rain? For once, we've, I think I complained in the last pod that it seems like your rain-affected shows don't get a response from the band when they used to. Was JTR picked because of that rain? Uh, I would normally say yes, but given that, it's, that it came back recently, it's it doesn't, I don't know. Maybe did it open because of it, or did it was it played period because of it? That's a good point. That's a good question, too. Maybe, yeah, could be both, could be one or the other. Right. Maybe it was going to get played and they moved it up. I'm just happy so it got question. played. Talk about yeah. a criminally underplayed song, historically. So it ends up being the least um, played tour song um, for the show. Um, no song was played least at that show other than JTR, which is two plays so far this tour. The next was Hunger, Rhyme and Reason, and Digging a Ditch with three plays this tour also appeared at that show. 
So few few good selected songs. Um, was there anything sprinkled in that had not been played in a while? Yeah, I mean, though, though, oh, not played in a while. So the one that was the longest that had not been played in a while, that was seven, which uh, hadn't been played for 17 shows or over over a month. It hadn't been played. So kind of a good thing, I would think. It's nice to break up seven. So yep, yep. it had been away for a little while, and that was the one that um, got played that hadn't been played recently. Uh, so, you know, thoughts on I mean, this show, thoughts on this? It's an interesting venue. Um, if you haven't seen this venue, it's right on the water, um, completely open air, super steep. The entire – it's all like seating, uh, super steep. Um, yeah, just kind of kind of a weird thing. Like most of the seats here are above like what you would even be for SPAC Pavilion. You're just super high looking down. Kind of, I, I kind of think of it like Red Rocks where a lot of the seats are like looking down from the top. So it's interesting from uh, you know observing the show or the light show. Um, I think it's a decent show. You know, what's kind of special about it is they got a, quite a bit of guests um, right. at the show. A lot of guests came out for a bunch of songs. Um, and some of the guests were ones that played with Dave and Tim. I think it was Dave and Tim when Dave did that um, hurricane benefit in New York City. Um, some of those, some of the musicians were ones that played played during that. But, you know, that was kind of nice. I think Jimmy thing got got it. Um, come on, come on, which uh, that might be a first time we have a guest on Come On, Come On. We'd have to look that up, but I think so. I think that's likely, yeah. Yeah, Rhyme and Reason and What Would You Say, all all getting guest, guest instrumentals on them. So that's pretty sweet. That is cool. And that's one thing that doesn't get factored into any kind of rarity either is that when a guest plays on a song, it's just one of those things that you kind of have to be there to catch it. Um, from a rating standpoint, it doesn't it doesn't show up in terms of show flow unless you know maybe someone gives it a plus one. The show yeah. is um, warmly rated. I would say it's a three point eight six average rating on Ants. Um, by the way, on Tour Central, we changed from these graphical star ratings to actual a number. So before, if so, if the show was rated four point zero or a four point four nine, you would see four stars, right? You wouldn't see that four and a half stars. So now we're just we got rid of the graphics and we're just showing raw numbers now. You can a lot now, of people like that. And you can now sort. You can sort by the rating, too, as well as the show flow and your show flow, too, on your own personal stats. So just a little tip there. But, yeah, it's a 3.86, which, um, you know, is, I would say, pretty objectively low for for uh, a show. Uh, usually if it drops below 4, it's not that well received. Uh, the show flow rating on it is, um, is 32. The show flows this tour are really, really weird. <laughs> like... The first night of SPACs, the rating was 4.57, high rating, and a 4.43 for night two. Night one had a 48% show flow, which when you're around 50, it's actually quite positive. Night two is 34. So, I mean, you know, and and people, I, I don't think you'll find anybody who says that uh, Jones Beach was better than SPAC night two. So, um, but yeah, um, JTR being the rarest song there. So, uh, you know, n- not, not, not too much of a statement after SPAC. I would say, um, one way or the other, whether, Hey, we're they, def- they didn't pull on anything. Wasn't like, Hey, we were holding something back for Jones beach is like, yep. We got a little tapped out and, um, it's back JTR. We're going to play it again. That's, you know, still very fresh. You know, it's only the second time played. So that's nice, but wasn't like we got any tour debuts or anything in particular, but the guests, that's a nice ad. And I don't think I mentioned this uh, on the last pod, but I happened to um, run into at the venue at SPAC um, uh, a, a horn player, I believe it was saxophone, that was 
possibly going to play at SPAC uh, as a guest and did not did not end up playing because there was concern that the show was being live streamed on YouTube. This is for night two and that that would affect, you know, that could influence, you know, if there would be a guest or not. So it wasn't sure if he was going to get played. Turns out he didn't. So uh, if, if we learn anything from that, it's, it's kind of like if we see that the show is going to be live streamed, particularly on YouTube, um, that um, it might be unlikely that we'll see. A is it a rights thing? Show. Is it a what? Is it a rights thing? Like a? I, I think I, I think it's I think it's um, royalties or I think it's more band image. I think oh. you know you don't you you get limited opportunities uh, to to showcase the band. Like if, for instance, like on you know late night TV, um, like that you probably you just want to have the band members there and help with that. That this is the band image. These are the people that are in the band. You have guests appear in those those kind of situations. It, I think, maybe complicates the band image or people get confused. Like, is that somebody that's part of the band or not part of the band? So I think maybe they're a little bit selective on on, on those opportunities just to say, this is the core band. Interesting. Well, speaking of yeah. guests, uh, Holmdale, New Jersey, the, the next show after that uh, on the Wednesday night, um, brought us uh, Robert Randolph showing up on Cornbread. That's the only, the only guest, save for... The other guest, and you want to mention that really quick. We get a lot. Of, <laughs> we get a lot of comments on Twitter typically after we post uh, the set list to the site and to Twitter, and it says, "Hey, you should. Hey, you know, a bunch of know-it-alls out there. Hey, take Buddy off as guest." Well, okay. Yeah, people see. So when we post out the set lists, we list by choice Buddy Strong as a guest on the set list. And people are saying, Buddy is not a guest. So, you know, there's some thought to this. It isn't just that we are being silly and not including it. We, we've we've set a standard, and as the band had, did for the longest time, too, when there was new touring members, keeping touring members of the band, um, even on uh, the band's website, they would record them for the first year um, as, as a guest. Uh, on like, usually they would say all songs. Even if it wasn't, they would just say all songs. Um and we matched that, and we continued to match that. And I think it's actually pretty important because I think there's still probably a lot of people out there that this is their first exposure to Buddy. Maybe not everybody listening to this podcast, but people that frequent the website um, may not really realize who that person was or that was the first time seeing him. And I think it's good that we, you know, we kind of highlight, hey, this is new. Buddy is a new person. You see there now goes into year two, year three. Yes, that he's now a more official touring member. We don't need to record him as a call out as a as a separate band member. Um, but yeah, we're just sticking with tradition how we've done it for past guests for the first year that they've joined as a touring member. Yep. How the band has done it in the past on their their set list set list um, reports, and um, helps give people some you know get, helps give Buddy some recognition as being a new part of the band. Yeah, and look at it this way: let's say Buddy was a one year experiment, right? Let's yeah. say let's say they don't decide to go out with them next year. And we have not tagged them as a guest or anything. Well, clearly, you saw something different, a different iteration of the band. You saw a guest that year. And right now, given that it's year one, like you said, Joe, it's it, we just treat it that way. And it is, it is a bit of a tradition. But, but yes, we're aware um, that Dave's come up and said the newest member of our family. But as it stands, we're just following following convention up to this point. Yep. Good explanation. Awesome touring member. Like and I think he's been an awesome ad. Um, and he's, he's been great. I have... Um, I, I talked to you, Matt, about this, and I'm going to use my opportunity to sell it. Uh oh. One one that I'm really, really a fan of. Oh. And I can't get enough of it now. 
is Buddy's intro to When the World Ends. And Did you say When the World I, Ends and you can't get enough of it? Because I've already had enough. <laughs> you haven't even heard it yet. You still probably haven't even listened to I it. I heard it when they started playing it in 2001. No. You have to hear this intro. It's, it's only like... 30 seconds long, but it is the bomb. I want him to play more of it. And it actually adds a lot to the song, too. It, um, if anything, it might be a little bit too buddy heavy. I would. I, it's not because they've only played it twice this entire year. So it's very, very underplayed. Um, it's very rare. It, it, buddy is prominent throughout the song, and I like it for right now. If they started playing When the World Ends a lot, or this, the trend continued for a couple years and Buddy's still with them and he's still playing the same way, it might, you might, I might get to the point where I'm like... Geez, turn Buddy down on this particular one because it's a lot. Right now, I like it because it's it's fresh. Um, Will you be bringing yeah. a When the World's End signed to uh, to Gorge and holding it up? <laughs> I've never brought a sign before. Can you believe that? I've never. Uh, and that's not my. No, not I my can style. believe it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad. But I, but um, let me just see. If, let me see if I can. I, it just it's so it's so good. I wish I wish people would help help get it back. I posted. That I wanted, um, that I wanted him to uh, to expand on it. So, can you hear it at all? See, they got into it. So that was just from the DB Hub right there. Oh, a little, okay. A quick play. Okay. Yeah. What do you think? I, I think it's great. Yeah, it's cool little funky little thing. I they know? even went into I was afraid I was go, I was afraid I was going to cringe when they went into it, like that they were gonna completely ham hand botch it. And that was actually <laughs> kind of smooth. Yeah, and that was the first time they did it. So that was from Blossom, Cuyahoga Falls. Because I I will say one of the things I don't like about World End when the world ends yeah. is the beginning. Just that, it's just ugh. I, yeah. I, yeah, that was cool. Gets better, gets better as the song goes on. Yeah, yeah. So they only played it then. That was the first time. So it sounded great. I mean, for being the first time I played it, and they played it once more in Cincinnati, I believe, and that's it. And it hasn't, it hasn't come back. And that's a really cool opportunity to sh- show show Buddy off and the other band members play. So you got me on a tangent. We're talking Buddy as a guest, but I really want that to come back some more. I'm less focused on it being when the world comes, when the world ends, come back, and maybe just kind of expand, expand yeah, that. Intro. Yeah, I was gonna say this is nice. What, what does it have to do with when the world ends? It sounds nothing like you know. It's <laughs> it's not keyed off of that or anything, right? Um, it, but yeah, I, I could listen to them go up there and, and roll out with that for five ten minutes. Go for it, right? Yeah, that'd be a cool little like I don't know, do it, do it, do it at some point. I mean, hey, if we have to have when the world ends, I'll, I'll take it. You know, <laughs> for right now, if the, I'll, I'll take the package deal if that's what it has to be. So I'm go. all aboard. I'm all about this. I'm like trying. I posted on uh, Buddy's Instagram like any way to get this expanded on. Can you and the band expand on this? I would love to hear more of that. But Buddy's been killing it this year. Sorry on the, for the tangent. There you go. I like it. I like it. Oh, well, so you got um, uh, Raven, Watchtower, and Time Bomb, all show all songs that have only been played, including that night, twice. 
Um, so those are the fewest. Um, and then the, the song that showed up uh, with the longest layoff uh, at that point was, again, Watchtower, which was uh, 11 shows prior, so 19 days, 19 days ago. So, you know, um, we didn't get any tour debuts. Uh, no tour but, debuts. But they did sprinkle in some of the some of the songs that uh, are definitely more crowd-pleasers that they have not been playing. You know, yep. Watchtower, Raven. I don't know if I'd throw Time Bomb in there, but Time Bomb at least is uh, a diversity pick for sure. Yeah, diversity. I mean, Robert Randolph on Cornbread. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, ha- you have to, I mean, I haven't really given this any thought, but Robert Randolph has to be within the top five guests of D&B, right? He's really good with, with the band. In top five in terms of, like, preference of like just the top five of like great guests oh you're gonna you're gonna rank top dmb guests oh i'd have to say so yeah it's got to be up there in the top five somewhere i'm not sure where unique super unique you know in terms of the instrument and just the style that you get in the energy yeah yeah energy is amazing energy is amazing the band loves playing with them i think it's awesome so that's a really cool performance to get is um Robert Randolph with Cornbread. He's been. To, it's it's interesting as they've been playing Robert on other songs. Cornbread and I can't, it was like Cornbread at um, the night before the Super Bowl show. He he guessed it there and it probably was Cornbread there too. I'm having a bad time remembering, but um, it's interesting that they're picking him for that and not Louisiana Bayou, mm-hmm. which was traditionally the song he always played on and also the song that this has been the second most song. Um, uh, I think the second most song outside of uh, any Come Tomorrow song. It might be the fr- the number one non-Come Tomorrow song that, yeah, I think it's the first non-Come Tomorrow song that's been played all tour. He's not guesting on that, which is very, very surprising to me. But um, Cornbread's a great one for him. He has a blast. And I heard some of the clips from the show with uh, with Robert and uh, amazing. I'd, I'd be jealous. Oh, very see cool. him more. Uh, that moves us on to Raleigh, um, which was a Friday night show. Again, live streamed on Sirius, um, which... You know, if the band could do some kind of, uh, I don't know if it'd be serious related, but if they could get somehow, um, you know, this more regular, whether it's via their YouTube page or whatever, uh, people are really loving the uh, the live streams. And so it, it's something that would be awesome if it stuck around. Yeah. Um, we got two there's tour a, There's a lot of couch tour people out there. Sorry to interrupt you. A no, lot of couch fine. tour people. We're, you know, we're part of that too. And if you can expand on the couch tour and actually get some audio from it, um, that's that makes it that much better. And I think some people just put it on the background. You might be sitting outside or um, playing a little chicka pig, or you know, hanging out with the family. You got it on the background, and then all of a sudden something interesting happens. You turn it up a little bit louder. But yeah, I like the I like the live stream. It's gonna be sad. We only got one more here coming up with West Palm, but uh, we'll take what we can get. Yeah, for sure. So um, two 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 tour debuts. We've got uh, every day pops up after uh, yeah a little bit of uh, a layoff. Sixty two shows since the last one. Uh, it's always weird when you go by calendar dates in this tour because it is their first tour since the year off. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then the year off even included a bunch of Dave and Tim shows. So it's kind of like when you look at when the last time Everyday played was played, it was played, um, you know, sometime in 2017. Oh, wait, mm-hmm. I thought they weren't touring. So it's tough to really gauge just how long it's yeah. been. 62 shows is, it's it's basically a full tour uh, worth of shows, more or less. Yeah. Um, which not exactly liberation, but hey, it's a tour debut, uh, and they opened with it. They opened with every day, which is interesting. I'll I'll take that over. Do you remember? I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, and uh, proudest monkey, which uh, has been uh, gone for about equally amount of, a long amount of time, uh, sixty seven shows, um, 
it's what's interesting to me is it's quote-unquote absence uh, with the frequency in which we're getting satellite this tour. Because usually yeah. uh, it's peanut butter and jelly with those guys. I know. Usually, yeah. I'm okay with right it. Right paired together. Because I like monkey all by itself, um, and I'm tired of satellite. So instead of getting two together and you know what you're, you know, here comes satellite, well, great. I get to see this for the seventh, seventh, seventh time, and, <laughs> and then I know I'm going to get proud of this monkey. Um it adds a little variety there. So that's good. Um, but but would it might it be something new now? It was satellite just replaced and it's going to be the same. So Proudest Monkey goes into Samurai Cop. Oh. So could that be the new pairing um, that we're in now? When you hear Proudest Monkey, you're likely to hear Samurai Cop after it based well, on how. You're going to hear Samurai to... Cop anyway, that show. And you know what? If I can get a two for one and get it out of the way. And know that the rem- the remainder of the show, I don't have to worry about Samurai Cop hitting me. I'm okay with that. I think. <laughs> you know what? You got your pre-advanced, like you get a little, you get a little set t- uh, list uh, tip. You're like, okay, Samurai Cop is going, coming next. So here's your chance to uh, to do act do basically anything, else. <laughs> anything <Yeah>. else, <laughs> than sit there in anticipation. Right, waiting for it. Uh, we got our second uh, stone of the tour, and I know personally, I know my sister was uh, seriously bummed that they did not get the stone at SPAC. And she was saying, I want to hear the stone. And I said with some confidence, I go, you, there's, you've got, you're going to hear it. Like, no doubt. They will not miss two nights at SPAC. Well, they had, really? rec- they had recently broken it out. True. And so I'm like, well, this is, I mean, the way the band is, they, they play something they haven't played in a long mm. time. And they usually they usually then, then almost overdo it sometimes. But certainly two nights at SPAC, it's a great song. You're going to get stone. I wouldn't have been that confident. Like, surely you'll hear it. I would say, hey, it has good eyes. Well, I had nothing writing on it either. It was easy for me to say. <laughs> Versus everything you said, I would believe. I just wouldn't have surely. I, you know, it's, I, I like that it didn't get played at SPAC, actually. Uh, I love that song. It's one of my top songs. I wanted to hear it at SPAC, but the fact that it wasn't, I think, was a good thing. It helps and gets played now um, a few nights later. So I, I like I like that. that okay. SPAC, yep. SPAC missed out on something in that sense. For once. Once, uh, they had a bad year four or five years ago. I think I remember too that that even then it was a, a disappointing two night stand. But overall, we were talking about this before we before we went live that uh, they do get better shows fairly consistent consistently. I feel like since I moved out here, and I'm not saying to draw any correlation there, but just so happens like oh nine time frame, it seemed like those three nights at the Gorge did not guarantee you three explosive rockin' nights uh, in terms of setless craziness, where it seemed like in the, the mid-2000s, man, three nights at the Gorge, you were going to get some stuff that was just going to blow your mind. Um, it feels like, uh, yes. Are you saying that SPAC will eventually become the Gorge? No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't know what the deal with the gorge is lately. I, I don't. Yeah. But hey, at least I saw Road three times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> I played the tailgate recently. How that go for anybody that really wanted it? I mean, I don't know what else was notable. I, I think probably one of the most notable things about that rally show was, um, I think it was Coffin posted yeah. a Instagram picture like the day before the show, uh, hanging out with um. um Brad from Marsalis. Yeah. And so I was like, ooh, we've 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 been very happy with all of his performances. And I don't know. Yeah, there's not a lot, so it's hard to say could he be in one of those top five guest spots. I mean, he's a personal favorite. Um, I don't know that he's quite at the same level of uh Robert Randolph. Um, but I was really hopeful he would he would make an appearance. Um 
at the show. You know, it turns out the show is being live streamed. So again, Could this is just one of audio live stream. So does that influence it? I think it's more about video live stream, but nonetheless, it's being it's being live streamed. So unfortunately, it was just a big Instagram tease. Yeah, I thought and, for uh, sure that meant something. Right, but un- unfortunately, no, we didn't get anything. Uh, and that brings us to last night's show, which is our last show to review here, um, which was Virginia Beach, which, you know, these uh, North Carolina, Virginia Beach, all very close, obviously, at least geographically, compar- in comparison to other uh, venues close to their hometown. They're, you know, they're in lieu of Seaville. This is kind of a hometown show, you would think, right, Virginia Beach? Yeah, I mean, Bristow is the closest, and yep. usually Bristow is the the kind of the, the one, but Bristow... Had a had a rough rough time this year, so it makes sense that maybe Virginia Beach gets a little bit of love. So we got some interesting comments, and uh, so we have to when we enter the set list, we have to write up the little summary that goes out to Twitter and Facebook and, and the hub. This yeah. is an interesting one to write the summary for. Why is that? I don't want to come off as negative at all. At the same time, this is not Ronald McDonald's happy you know funhouse where everything is you know sweetness and lights like some people might think. You know, so every show isn't the best show ever. What's remarkable about this show, Joe? (laughs) That's what I, that's a serious question. That's what I ask myself when um, I try to enter the set list. Now, understand that I'm not at the show. So it's what's remarkable from a couch tour standpoint. Mm hmm. Right, yeah. Um, from a couch tour standpoint, is is looking at the set. There's nothing spec- <laughs> using that word really remarkable. Not even close. You, you could even take that word down to just like what would be a thing less than remarkable, like um, a, a little special. Joe you know, Lawler. That's a little bit better. Joe yeah. Lawler played on Cornbread. I mean that. That's remarkable, and I remarked on it. <laughs> yeah, you remarked on it. Well, I actually wonder. It was, you know, yes, they add Joe normally to a show that's in Virginia because he had, normally has some hometown, yeah. you know, friends or what at the show. And I don't know if he gets to pick or Dave just likes to treat him or, or what it is. And I guess maybe just quickly, Joe Lawler, you mentioned, maybe people have heard the name and don't know really know what the relation is. But Joe Lawler is a crew member on the band, has been one of the longtime uh, crew members been with them nearly from the start. I don't know what year he started, but it was definitely very early days from Charlottesville, Virginia. You know, his role in the crew um, from, an, you know, my uneducated thing and just knowing, but um, he's in charge of all of the digital uh, recording of the performances. So he is side stage, uh, horn side stage with all the audio guys, and he's there to make sure that they archive digitally all the performance. And so he's he monitors that. I think he also helps with the the band's um, posting of set lists. Um, so Joe's Joe's done that, but he's a, he's an extremely talented guitarist. Plays a number of different types of guitar. Um, he plays in bands in Charlottesville, Virginia. Has guested a number of times. And so if you haven't, you know, you may have heard the name of Joe Lawler, and he's guesting. There's a little bit of a little bit of tidbit. But I wonder was was it only just that the band was put in Virginia? Or maybe did Dave also think like this show needs a little bit something more? Because like you said, if you, if the most remarkable or thing to mention about this show is that Joe Lawler guested, um, I don't think doesn't so say, at all. Doesn't say a lot. So I mean, the stats don't lie about this show, right, Matt? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you've got you've got um, basically the song with the least amount of plays was Watchtower. That that closed the main set, which I thought was uh, maybe the other most notable thing about the show. 
um, mm-hmm. that a song that has historically been a monster closer actually closed a song uh, show this this tour. So whether that's remarkable because of uh, the lack of it or or, or otherwise is, is up to you. Uh, Digging a Ditch has been played four times. Um, other than that, the song that's gone the longest time since last being played, this is remarkable that, that you said this. Uh, you pointed this out, Joe. So Much to Say was the song that had the longest layoff prior to its last time being played. That was four shows ago in six days. So, so, ev- so every song in that show had been played within three shows or less, except yep. for that one song, three shows or less. Yep. And, um, and, and 15, I think it is like 15 of the 19 songs, um, were all played 10 or more times. Most, most of them high teens or even in the twenties. So they're, or more. they're yeah. very tour heavy songs. So, I mean, they're good songs. Again, we're this couch, this is couch tour. And, um, this is just, you know, looking at variety. I mean, there's some power songs on there and it's songs that people want to hear, but as far as getting something special, yeah, they didn't necessarily get something special. Well, and it's, it's again, it's the band willing to mix it up, uh, every night. And this is the kind of the reason this is not kind of, this is the reason when I say, you know, after SPAC, I'm cautiously optimistic that this tour has turned a corner. Mm-hmm. Why an egg like this needs to be laid. It, I'll never know the answer, but this is why. I am not hot to try. People, you know, Spack comes out, hey, Matt, you happy? And I get that. It's like, well, yes, I am. They're playing good songs, and my friends are getting good shows. I'm happy. I'm a fan of this band. And then this turns around. Do you want me to go, hey, are you happy? You're getting the same turd. I don't like this. That show, if I was, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't be. I, okay, let's let the, let the tweeters speak for themselves. We wrote uh, Virginia Beach Sea's tour standard set list, but gets a watchtower closer. Joe Lawler surprises as a guest on Cornbread. That was our summary. We got yeah. two or three comments. Um, Evan Vice said, I was there, and we should call it what it was. Garbage. Wow. And then uh, Glenn, uh, Glenn Lastbeer writes, tour standard is an awful, awful thing to say about this band, and it's 100% correct. Ooh. Wow. Yes. Is the other one positive? Uh, no, the other one was a, 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 is it GIF or GIF? A GIF? Okay. Of Stephen Colbert saying it's a hot pile of garbage. <laughs> oh, geez. So Twitter was harsh, I see. Um, and yeah, yeah, the set list didn't have the variety. It's, I think. It's not all bad. What's that? I want to kind of keep it balanced here. There's a gentleman okay. who goes by Todd Koval who says, yep. Ugh, sharing my disgust on Twitter instead of the book of face because I'd get kicked out of my group. But listening to them bitch, pardon me, about a DMB show breaks my heart. How dare you people? I was exhausted after just two straight shows. Imagine how the band feels. What? Wait, he's, he's saying that the exhaustion is a reason? How dare you critique? How dare you? How dare well, I know you? He said, I know he said, how dare you critique, but what's the exhausted after two shows comment? Apparently going to them. And and but you imagine how the band feels. Imagine how the oh, band, if, if he's just tired going to shows. How tired is the band? Is that what he's implying, that's or is he? I, uh, that, that's what I think he's implying, which is shocking. I mean, you're saying the band is sorry. They have had a long run here recently, but ouch. I mean, if you if that was to say, hey, if you're if you see the bands come into your town after a long stretch, should you be worried for the show and and not go? Or was he just saying, hey? Imagine how the band feels when they see these people's comments. And I know people say that, that frequently, too, that people have opinions and the band doesn't want to see people's opinions. They don't only really want to see positivity. Okay, then that's you can say that. But 
the band being tired. Jeez, I hope that's not the reason that we're given. I know on our Instagram page, um, some people that were at the show, they did say they had a blast, and you, you get that, and that's awesome. People, yeah. It's great. I'm just, we're just looking from Setless standpoint, looking at the numbers, um, you know, a little, a little rough. So um, at this stage, I don't know what – I figure for the rest of the tour, which, my goodness, is nearly over, we are uh, about um, – we're about three quarters of the way through almost. Mm-hmm. Yep. We got 14 shows remaining. Um, I am going to predict. Uh-oh. That, Hold on. Let me, let's me let's figure this. Yes, yeah. I'm ready. What are you predicting? I'm going to predict that we're going to get a few more layups like this. We are. They're going to continue to, they're going to go on another little spurt where they're going to have a few songs they break out. Um, are you willing to call where that's going to be? It's, I, I'm not. I am not optimistic about the Gorge three night set list. Stand. I'm not. I'm <laughs> well, that's not. good. I, I like keeping the expectations low so that they, they can be exceeded. Yeah, so I mean, I have that. I have no reason to be optimistic. Let's put it that way. That's okay. Recent history, but um, I I think what you're going to do is exactly what we feared. Is we are going to get some tour debuts, but there it's not going to be with Bartender and the Stone and JTR also in the set list. You're going to get two or three. Of those songs only. Okay. You're not gonna. So they're not, we we want them to sprinkle that stuff in and spread it out, but they're not. They're going to replace those slots with other debuts. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. Yep, that's I my prediction. I, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be interesting. I mean, you can really break down this the rest of this tour into just like little little chunks. Yeah. I mean, right now we have coming up here Charlotte, Tam- and then the Florida run, Tampa, and the two West Palms, in which, actually, from what I know. That Charlotte to Tampa is like a nightmare for um, the crew. I don't think it's too big. A, a, that turnaround between those two shows is going to be a nightmare. I don't think it's that big of a deal for the band. I think they probably just end up flying, and it's probably not n- no big deal. But to get from Charlotte to Tampa um, and, and turn around turn around a stage setup is is a little bit of a nightmare. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, I got Tampa, the two-night West Palm Beach, and then immediately following it, um, you know, the day after West Palm Beach, they run over to Alabama. The makeup show. Reason. Yeah, that makeup show. So that's kind of, that's the next joke so right there that I, they take there. I got to yeah. be honest. What? I pity those poor Alabama people. I mean, because, I listen, the, thing, yeah. the, they, the original plan was they're, they're out of Palm Beach and they have nearly a month off until they resume mm-hmm. in, uh, in Colorado. Now they got an extra show that, that is a is a is a reschedule. Uh, ha, Lord have mercy on you, folks. That they because this is going to be, this is going to be MCI Center Winter Tour 2002 after the James Brown uh, party <laughs> up in Madison Square Garden. You guys are gonna get an egg, and I would love You're to talking be talking about wrong. a little bit of a hangover. I, I, oh my goodness, I would love to be wrong, but they are going to. They might do half the show from the bus on the way out. <laughs> they might. I really hope I'm wrong, but if I'm right, let's go back and clip this and put this on Instagram. Yeah, I think we're all we all want to we all want to be wrong here, but I'm yeah. on the same page. Like that show, normally the band ends the ends that break, um, the the August early August break. They end in West Palm. I think some of the crew, some of the families stick around, hang out in Florida, enjoy like the summer, um, and now to say nope. You're not going to get to do that. We're going to jump on a bus or a plane and get over to Alabama to do a show. Wow. Buzzkill, big time buzzkill. When it's like you're like, you're like right when you're about to go on your vacation, at, you're checking out of work and you're about to go on vacation, and your boss says, 
uh, no, before you leave, I need you to do, <laughs> yeah. I need you to do X, Y, Z. You're like, are you kidding me? They I might get to you remember to... twice that show. <laughs> um, I, I hope I hope Alabama as a result of the reschedule because you would hope my show's got rescheduled so the band's gonna bring something extra special because right right we're it. sorry you know we're sorry that had to happen let's we're gonna yeah. make, the, make it up for you but you know uh, there are people who can't go to the show clearly I mean there are certain people who got tickets who probably had to sell them because oh, there's they, a ton of people that traveled. People are making um, oh, little summer vacations down there uh, in Alabama. I saw when we posted it was canceled, man. Instagram and Twitter were lit up with people like, no, don't cancel it. The storm's not going to be here for another 24 hours. I traveled you know, from New Jersey to go to, oh, to, to, go to the show. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, they were not. They were not happy. And I assume it's tough to get back just for a show. They would probably have to cancel and sell your tickets or get a refund. So yep. let's hope we're wrong there. But then after the break, you know, then it's, you know, the Colorado tour, the the two Colorado shows, you know, and then they do the three, the um, the bend, and then the three Gord shows. That little breakup, and then the final ones, the the Reno, Shoreline, and Hollywood. So we got you know whatever that breaks down to four chunks of shows here left. It's well, there's not a lot of time left. Nope, nope. Uh, but uh, one thing I also do like is we've got multiple night shows coming up, and that's always the most fun, especially from a couch tour standpoint, you know, which does translate to um, venue enjoyment as well when you've got setlist variety. So when they're kind of forced to go into their, their head a little deeper, it's, it's, it's exciting to see what's, what's coming. Yeah. Forced. Wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I, I guess I, I, did, I didn't mean how it came out, but my point <laughs> remains, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They, it happens. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's take a quick little break here, like just like one minute, just to uh, to catch back up here. We're going to talk about um, well, Dave's Dave's talking about Boyd in the interviews a little bit more, opening up a little bit, which kind of caught us caught us by surprise this last week. Um, and uh, we got a little bit more, and we got some uh, listener questions as well. So we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. And Sorry, why? Here 
for uh, bearing with us through that little break there. Um, thanks again to our folks on YouTube live watching us. Um, definitely hit that subscribe button. And if you want to be notified when we go live, there's also like a bell right next to the um, subscription button. And um, that should give you an idea of uh, when we go live. You should be notified with an alert. Uh, okay, so since, uh, again, since our last podcast, there were a couple of interviews Dave did. One with NPR and another with... Um, this in the studio thing, right? This iHeartRadio inside yes. the studio. It's a it's a new podcast. Yep. Um, yeah, uh, Dave's only like the second or third episode ever on it. Yep, yep. So uh, Forbes.com did a write-up. You know, I don't know how these companies work together or whatever, but Forbes was the one who put the initial um, transcript stuff out. Yeah, for, for I've learned now through this that Forbes is like a guest writer thing. Anybody can people submit articles to Forbes and they choose what to publish. I was like, okay. I don't know what how much original content they do. Okay, well, um, he does talk about Boyd, and I'll, I'll be honest, uh, we're going to read it a little bit here. Um, it's on our front page too as a news story, but I think this is much ado about nothing. I don't think there's a whole lot more there than we've already arrived at, given mm. his previous interviews and and just. Um, I don't, what do you what do you think, Joe? Did you think this was you know big revelations? No revelations, but it's, I, I you know I kind of think what did we learn new there? Right. And and by the way, there's you mentioned the Forbes has got like kind of a recap, a couple excerpts just written up as an article. The audio of the podcast is available. It's about forty five minutes. It's a it is a lot of rehash, you know, especially for an existing DMB fan. It, it is tailored to a non DMB fan, um, somebody that maybe is not exposed to them, so it goes into their history a little bit. But, um, yeah, Boyd comes up, and I would say maybe that's the biggest takeaway. Um, it seemed that he uh, – Dave kind of went into a little bit more expanding of just, hey, this is something that was being thought of for a long time, and I didn't really have the gusto to pull the trigger and tell Boyd, like, you need you need to take a break. I, I, I think it was too sentimental maybe, and, the, you know, just some of the latest, latest stuff just finally – Gave him the moment to to just say now's the time. That, that's, I guess I think that's kind of new. I think we maybe speculated, which is here from Dave that it was more. It was more like you, you saw the struggle he had, and then it pretty much like a decision was made. Like uh, whether or not you want to, I think you maybe want to work on your family and work at home. But we are definitely going to tell you to work on your family and home now. It's not just up to you anymore. Right. And I think the band is probably, and Dave, frustrated that all the other legal stuff surrounding Boyd came out 
around the same time because it sounds like um, this was strictly a music musicmanship decision and now this news dropping about Boyd just muddles the waters and no matter what they say, the speculation yep. is there, no matter what. Yep. Um, and, you know, from, from following the band closely, talking to people close to the band for a lot of years, um, the, the line about him, uh, his performance and the band's frustration with it, that's true. That's true. Uh, we mm-hmm. don't need to to put anybody's name out there, but to us who who um, you know follow the band pretty religiously and and talk with a lot of people who are in the know, um, that's absolutely true. So I can imagine if I were faced with having to kind of um, push out uh, Boyd on an ice flow, so to speak, and kind of just put him out to pasture and kind of do his own thing, uh, for this to come up around that time, oh man. What a frustrating thing to have to deal with because no matter what the actual truth behind the scenes is, your motives are questioned, no doubt. Yep. And yeah. it's frustrating because I think anybody who's listened to this band in the last six to eight years can pretty much objectively uh, come to the conclusion that Boyd uh, is uh, was is a shell of his former self, at least um, from earlier years of the band. Yeah, he definitely struggled. You know, he did have um, health uh, issues with um, what a carpal tunnel or arthritis. Yeah, whatever the reason. Hands. Whatever the reason. Yeah, and because uh, he 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 shared that with us, and I think we noticed that he got better, and we we're saying, "Wow, this is this is an improvement on board." I don't think it was anything like it was in the past. Like you said, it was suffering. I guess what we learned maybe in this interview was it was even worse outside of the live show. Um, Boyd or remember Dave is saying Boyd would show up for the show sometimes, and sometimes it was good, sometimes it wasn't, but at least he was there for the show. But the things outside of the live show, like studio time or other kind of things that they had to do as a band, uh, I think Dave says he was pretty, pretty absent, not there mentally for those kind of things. And I could see that. Um, I can, uh, That doesn't surprise me at all, but to hear Dave say it, and uh, you know, so album work probably wasn't taking as serious um we didn't all we saw was the live show because that's the part that we get exposed to right but dave seems to confirm that outside of that it was even worse yeah it's uh it's good to see a little bit more information i think the more the band says about this the better i don't i don't really think there's a there's as much risk to going into it um and i think that is wholly due to the um the legal side of boyd's issues uh i think if none of that was out there um, you know, maybe there's not a lot to gain from really telling your story, but I think with that out there, I think, I think it's better the more that's said, uh, rather than let it stew and get speculated upon. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think I'm glad we got a little bit more. I mean, they're still not being completely, um, transparent, uh, as far as all the historic over the past years, but you can only, you can only do so much. That's, I mean, that's the case with, I can't imagine it's unique to this band, right? I mean, there's no. always a behind the scenes, and 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 if everybody knew the behind the scenes to all their favorite bands, they probably wouldn't be their favorite bands anymore. I mean, there's ugly stuff that happens <laughs> in every circle, right? You don't want uh, to see the sausage being made. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's it just it was good to hear. So we have some setless game developments here, Ooh. and if you follow us on the Twitter, we see uh, we've got a winner from last night's set. Was our own heartbreak kid Tony B. Anthony? Now you've met Anthony, right? Correct. You know this yes. guy's a Jets fan, right? <laughs> he's instantly jumped levels when I saw that avatar, and he's got a Jets hat on. I'm like, my man, 
That's Tony, Tony B out there. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. How's it going, buddy? <laughs> he won last night, that, and I think that's his first win of the tour, right? It was, yes. It was. Um, which is, is going to help him because he needed to, He needs to make up this differential. He's, uh, he's doing good. Um, sixth place at the moment, so climbing. Tied, tied for fifth, actually. Oh, tied for fifth. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, but still, what? Fifty-four uh, points behind. Fifty-six. Uh, no. Yeah. Fifty-six points. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Um, he's got some. He's got a way to go. And like you said, fourteen shows left to yeah. get fifty some points. What? What? What's the math on that? No, you know? you've got about. You need about four points a show to to over the, to bridge over that the leaders. Gap. Yep. Over yeah. the leaders who just you know if the sets let's stay like they did last night. Tony ain't the only one getting fifty something points, you know. So that's that's and that's basically what he's groused about too. And and if you look at Tony's stats, he has uh, fifteen fewer spots than the leader, which yeah, represents a gap of sixty points. Yep. There you go. So the, you know we've talked about this. This tour can be broken down into four more remaining segments. It's really going to be who can ride the small changes that the band does in these four segments, and whoever can predict the best and what the band might do different between those, better than the other ones, is really who's going to going to come out. I mean, like, what do you think the Vegas odds are right now for 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 the Heartbreak Kid to uh, to make it to the top, to to win the league, win if the had, league? If I had to set odds right now. Yeah, 14 shows, 50, 60 points. He's to, probably uh, a 20 to 1 favorite right now. Favorite 20 well, to no, 1? No, I said 20 to 1. Favorite. Well, I, that, I meant that in, in terms of 20 to 1 for him to win. Okay, odds are 20 to 1. Sorry, yes. Um, yeah, okay. Um, got it. So, yeah, he's got, he's got some work to do. That's still pretty, that's still pretty, not too bad. Well, I mean, I, I take his history into it. He's... He's he's usually a wire to wire kind of guy, yeah. So to see him coming in from the underdog position is interesting, but it's a great dynamic. When I saw his name up there this morning, I was I think you sent me the text, right? Yeah, <laughs> he's there. There he is. I mean, so but the the top five are no slouches either. Their frequency up there. Do you want to run through the uh, other top five? Yeah. So you know who's not a, like LAA thirteen oh five, our leader this year. They're not a frequent, are they? Well, yeah, we kind of talked about that pod. You said you said you thought you you remembered them. I guess we have to look up to see uh, yeah. how past finishes are. But it's uh, not ringing a bell. If you're out there, shoot us an email. Um, hit us at podcast at uh, andspunchin.org, and we'd love to chat with you. Maybe even bring you on the show. Um, yeah. But they're they're still in the lead. They've got 972 points. Remember, just a few shows ago, they had a 50 or 60 point lead, which is kind of unprecedented in uh, in the setlist game. It's never that that much of a of a, a blowout. Um, but now that lead has been trimmed to eight. We are single digits. Jimmy Thing, 314. And I can give you an update. Yeah. LAA 1305 in the summer of uh, 16, summer tour 16, finished fifth place. Fifth place. Okay. So they're a baller. They're a gamer. Yes. So, so Jimmy Thing, 314 is right behind them with, uh, with uh, eight, uh, 964 points, eight points shy. Three points shy back there is, is I mean... Uh, Setless game stalwart crash nineteen eighty three plus member by the way thank you very much plus uh, at nine sixty one so eight and then a gap of three to a crash he's got nine hundred sixty one points and then there's a bit of a of a of a buffer there's thirty two point drop then to J Money DMB at nine twenty nine mm-hmm. and then uh, sits Tony with Mish eighty four at nine sixteen each um, so the top three are pretty tight you know eleven yeah. points separates the top three. Um, you think you think heartbreak, J Money and and M Mish are, are are no slouches, but you think heartbreak can at least what are the odds just to jump past them? He needs an extra, 
13 I, points. I put them at 3 to 1 to to leap them. Okay. Anybody want Better. I can I can book too. Not officially <laughs> if anybody's listening from the Fed, but yeah. <laughs> it's going to be interesting here these next uh, next next trips. We knew we knew it was going to be a race here at the end and definitely the top 3 is going to be fun. Um, there's definitely a hunt happening, so it's gonna be fun to see how this uh, how this tour wraps up on the setlist game. Yep, yep. Um, let's go to some questions here. Uh, we have a few here. Um, DMB Mike Forty uh, writes to Ants on Twitter, and if you want your questions uh, answered, you need to use the hashtag Ants Podcast, not hashtag Ants Podcasts plural. Even though I'm gonna answer that question, by the way. <laughs> but anyway, so. Um, DMB Mike asks, I have a Samsung phone. What's the cheapest Apple product I can buy just to use the Ants Hub? Would like to see my badges. Well, first of all, Mike, that's flattering. That's very flattering. Yeah. Um, so to answer your question, this is something that I talked about with our moderator, Jen Henson. Jen Hen, uh, also about this. She was wondering the same thing. Um, right now, it looks like the iPod Touch but it must be the sixth generation. So the sixth generation can run iOS 10 and 11, and it will be able to run iOS 12 when it comes out in the fall. Um, DMB Hub requires at least iOS 10, which is last year's, that's almost two years old now, OS, um, to run. That's all. So basically, the iPhone 5S and up, you can run iOS 10 on. Um, on the iPad, pod touch side of things that's the sixth generation so get like a 16 gigabyte the smallest one sixth generation you can find them usually i saw a couple for 60 bucks last week but i'm seeing them on offer up and whatnot for about 100 to 140 dollars now so that would be your your cheapest option um we did have somebody else those things those things retain some uh, price value i'm surprised the the older phones they do um we had somebody ask us I'm scrolling now yesterday on Twitter. I can't find it. But somebody did ask if we could um, – Are the, the stub, they understand that it's a pain to, to write another app, like an Android app. But is it possible the stubs might come to the website? And I would say the answer there is maybe. I don't know yet. It would be certainly easier than writing an Android app. Yes. But uh, – that's something to, something to think about. And, and you don't even have to get your own product. If you know anybody in your circle – that has an iPhone, ask if they'll let you download it for, on their phone. You can log in as you and kind of play around, and you're good. And then, you know, you know go to your stubs and then share them out. So sh- send, yep. send yourself a text message with your stub images. You can do that. Yep. You can do that. So cheap option. Uh, you want to take the next question, Joe? Sure. Podcast favorite Matt Voltz uh, asks, what do you guys know about the – Leaked 06 studio track listings. Is there a story or recording? Is it legit? Well, you, Matt, you told me not to talk about this, and I just read the question. I saw that. <laughs> so now we're forced to talk well, about it. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I don't want to talk about it, mostly because it's a it's a big topic, I would say, and I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, there's It's it's 100% speculation right now. 100% speculation. There are some people in the know who claim to have um, where a couple of these tracks are actually uh, corroborated. Like, yes, those are real tracks and nobody knows about them up to this point. So we do have multiple sources where people have uh, uh, claimed to uh, at least some legitimacy. Uh, The story goes, some gal on Facebook said, I've got these three discs and they're supposedly from the Batson studio sessions, whether 06, 07, and in that time frame, 05, 06, 07. And, uh, 
and she was going to sell them. And then supposedly management got a hold of her and shut it down because people in the community just can't help but yap. I don't know. But it doesn't look like it's going to happen, so I don't know how much uh, how much uh, worth it is to, uh, to chat about it. Yeah. But um, Joe doesn't seem to think any of the tracks are legit. Uh, I know at least two of them are. So whatever. I, think, whatever I, I, I mean, there's a lot of things that make me question it. Oh, speculations, um, health, or uh, skepticism is certainly well warranted here um, oh, as a yeah. default position. They're, yeah, they're, these things happen. This is not new. Um, silly stuff like this comes up. People enjoy trolling the community um, or just even trolling a friend. The, the, the person that's posting it might not even know, might think that they're legit, but they're being, they're being, they're playing, got a joke from somebody else. Um, I, I, I don't know that. There's just a lot of things that don't add up related to the story, and you know they were being sold for a ridiculous amount of pr- uh, price. No, no kind of authenticity or clip was provided. You know, you think you know, just a lot of things. I mean, I think there's a lot of people that are in the know and know some of the song titles of the, that band has recorded, and maybe somebody in the know used those things to help you know drive oh, this story. Oh, conspiracy theory. Yeah, I mean, hey, if I know something. All of a sudden, because I see I see a couple tracks on there that I know the band recorded. All of a sudden, now that gives this whole thing legitimacy just because it has two tracks. Just why why are these discs there? How did they get there? Why are they in the condition that they are? I, wow. I wouldn't overfocus on you know, it. Joe, that wet blanket of yours has a lot of wrinkles. You may want to do something <laughs> I about that. <laughs> oh. I, I, I don't I don't think I think our best our best way of hearing some of that is actually through. Batson himself, he seems pretty interested to be able to, wanting to share some of this in a limited capacity, maybe in just a, you know, um, listening party format, not like yep. on a digital, like people yep. can spread it. But it seems like he's willing to want to want to share some of these things, especially when this tour, I think, calms down. So if anything, that's our best bet is um, is hoping that Batson's willing to uh, to share some of this with some fans. That'd be nice. Uh, Nate MCC asks, uh, any Gorge meetup or podcast events scheduled? That's a, this it's is funny. a fun topic and one we're going to be talking about more and more as it as it approaches. Matt and I have uh, on our to-do list to work through some of the things that we want to pull together for the Gorge. And open to ideas if you guys got some. I think the extent that we have for, at this point is we um, are meeting up with some of the team from ants uh, at the top of the hill hopefully yep. get to see a lot we have a lot of the team a lot of the moderators are going to be at the gorge hoping to get together for that and i think that's on the books and i think without a doubt there will be some version of content production uh whether it's a podcast video cast something what it is we have to figure that out brainstorming has just started about this now yep yep follow us on uh follow us on twitter follow us on youtube uh subscribe to the channel there um to get alerts because uh chances are if something spontaneous happens at the gorge there's not going to be a lot of time to start trying to get the word out it's just going to happen so um definitely definitely subscribe to us on our on our social channels like it want uh, a question yeah one more. this one um amg or brewski 77 has asked um I'd like to see two sets return next year. What are your thoughts, Joe and Matt? Hashtag Ants Podcasts, which Matt has given the one-time exception rule to using the wrong hashtag. <laughs> uh, so I will say Ants Podcast. Um, two sets returning. Uh, I liked it when we, that we did it for you know a couple years there. I think I think the one set's working fine. I'm not sure. 
I don't I don't want I don't really particularly Why not? like the What? Why not? I'm not the acoustic? Did you really think the acoustic added a lot? Variety. Got more we got we got a little bit more variety. That's I guess. that's all I at this point that's all I care about because you know what? But we don't need to have two sets for variety. We can do well, variety. Apparently we do. <laughs> no, I, I think Listen. Yeah. If it means the horn section goes away for at least eight songs a show, I want it. They don't go away. That doesn't happen. No, that's not happening. No, I, I mean, I don't know. I, you know, you want to know what my actual preference would be is bring back openers. And that might sound weird, mm. but um, I would like the show to start earlier. Start open the gates earlier. Um, put an opener on it at seven. Maybe we get Matt. Excuse me. Get Matt to do some um, some DJing up there. Oh, maybe get yeah. Bring the party. <laughs> yes, scribble, scribble. Um, I would, I, I, I would like that. Uh, and then obviously, I want more variety in the main set. So if we can get that without having to do two sets, I, I, I will take that. Yeah, I, I thought it was an interesting, like a really interesting thing for the band to do. That have had, you know, outside of Dave coming out doing a few songs in the early '90s, and then the band one by one joining him on the stage, which was a really cool way of doing things. Um, I thought this was a massive departure from the previous 20 years of touring, and I thought that was cool. Uh, you know. Variety True. in tour design, so to speak, which is less of a hot button issue. But yeah, true. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, um, I don't know how I'd feel. I, I think I, I could be I could be persuaded either way. AMG didn't Brewski seventy seven to give us his opinion or her opinion. Nope. It would have been nice to uh, know that. Nope. Nope. Um, well, speaking of uh, this um, tour and. Somebody asked about the iPhone or what the cheapest iOS device is. And, uh, that. If you're not familiar, we do have an app called DMB Hub. Uh, it's free on the iOS App Store. Um, and you should definitely download it because you can play the set list game like we talked about. You can get news. You can get push notifications. You can watch this live set list. Look at stats on the show when you're watching it. You can collect what's called stubs, which are basically little badges that you can earn based on the shows that you've seen. Um you can sign up for Ants Plus, which is uh, basically the site supporters club that allows you to uh, view the site and the app without any ads. So it's ad-free experience. You get access to um, a private forum just for Ants Plus members. You get your own. Uh, you get a stub for that. Um, and and we usually um, this live streaming that we're doing with podcasts. Typically, um, in the past, we've done it just for Plus members. We've opened it up, but that might go back actually as things kind of change and move we're not sure but uh it does help keep the site running help keep uh support development and the server costs and hosting costs and all of that kind of stuff so um if you uh if you like the app sign up uh for ants plus you can do it right within the app um little tip here i just submitted a new build to the uh to the uh store last night that i'm hoping to be approved over the next day or two on your watch you can see that there's uh the latest show thing but the uh, the app itself stopped updating, so there's a fix for that, and that's coming. That's coming for the set list. But we've got um, three new stubs coming, also yet again, Ooh, yet again. Three new stubs. That Monoloco party that we were talking about earlier in the episode. If you were at that party and registered, guess what? You got a stub coming your way. Yes. Boom. <laughs> yep. So like we got it. that. We've got another one called, uh, I'll, I'll say what it is, Joe, and you can tell me if you guess what it is. It's going to be called uh, Ate the Worm. Ate the Worm, and it's a logo of a little tequila bottle. 
does that mean you went to one of the Mexico shows? You are good at this game. You are good. <laughs> yes, it does. You've seen the band or the band or Dave and Tim most most likely in have Mexico. You, have you eaten the worm? I've never eaten the worm. I don't like okay. tequila. Oh. And I oh, you mean do I have the badge? No, I don't have that either. <laughs> and um we have one more and I've not decided on the name of the badge yet. But it is similar. It is for um, seeing the band in Europe. So if you've seen the band perform in Europe, and I know you've gained that badge, right, Joe? I have. I have to come up with a stub that you can't get. You have other stubs I can't get. There's plenty of stubs. Not be Polish, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, change that. Uh, but yeah, but we're we're red hot with the stubs, and we're trying to add more and more. So when that new version drops, we'll start we'll start granting the badge out there, and um, it, it should be fun when people start collecting those. So yeah, I've also updated it where you can um, you can see more stubs without scrolling. So right now, I think there's like unless you have a plus phone, if you have just a regular iPhone or the or the ten, it's three stubs across in each row. I've made it, I've shrunk it a little bit to make it four. So there's there it's just a better use of space. Um, just a little cosmetic tweak there. But uh, again, more stuff coming on the hub. Um, we're looking forward to fleshing out the In the Spotlight, where we kind of put a an older or just whatever sh- cool show up to stream that's not just a tour stream, just something from, from the archives. Um, it should be a lot of fun. So, uh, so keep an eye on that. And again, if you like it and want to support us, um, feel free to sign up for Plus. Plus. Uh, we've got, uh, like you already mentioned, the upcoming shows, Joe. Do you have anything else you want to touch on? I don't think so. Uh, so the next four shows are going to be interesting. Like I said, quick turnaround between Charlotte and Tampa, which I, I don't know. It's hard on the crew for Tampa. Hopefully the band doesn't uh, doesn't get affected in Tampa. And then our final uh, two-night stand before the break and then that Alabama show that we're going to be mm. <laughs> going to be uh, crossing our fingers that uh, doesn't get the, the short short straw. Most definitely. Well, if you're out there on uh, on tour, whether it's on the couch or on the road, we want you to urge you to be careful and, and have a great time out there. No signs. Um, <laughs> uh, we saw a sign for Come On, Come On in the pit from last night. Wow. <laughs> Didn't take long. So so I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. <laughs> uh, so hopefully they'll get Come On, Come On. I mean, who knows? you got about a 50% chance at this point. So. <laughs> I'm waiting to see a Samurai Cop sign because that's really... Oh that's really Please play Samurai Cop. That is <laughs> hilarious. Uh, this has been Ant's Podcast 96. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Um, Joe, thank you for joining. It's good to see you. Good to see you, too. We'll talk to you all soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast. Visit AntsMarching.org and be part of the largest DMB community on the Internet. Show downloads, Tour Central, personal show stats and set list game, and so much more. AntsMarching.org, the best stop for all things DMB. DMB.